0: What's up, Doc? Uh, 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 doc? Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen and Looney Tunes, and welcome (laughs) to another exciting episode of Hold Up, where we look back at uh, the movies of your childhood, you know, if you're a, if you're a millennial or a like Gen Y, Gen Z, I guess at that range and uh, we see how well they hold up. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, David Dennis. I am joined today with.
1: Here I am, Matthew Cleary. Nice to be here, David. Thank you again for having me. No problem. <laughs> re- re- recommending this, this show. this movie,
0: probably. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Well, We'll get into the movies in a second. I do have one announcement that I forgot to mention in the last episode, uh, which is that I set up a Gmail account for us. Uh, So if you're listening to this and you do have anything, complaints, comments, uh, corrections for us, if there's something we got wrong, if we said someone's name wrong, uh, if you want to tell us what a great job we're doing, whatever... Uh, you can go to hold up feedback all one word hold up feedback at gmail.com uh, and send us an email there and we will try to respond to you and then read it on the next episode uh, I do plan on setting up like instagram's and Twitters and stuff eventually but it's too early in the game okay. and we need to set up it more of an audience first so right now I'm just doing the email thing I like. Uh, all right, so with that covered, today's episode we are talking about uh, two of the strangest movies from their <laughs> era. Uh, yeah. The uh, the two Warner Brothers Looney Tunes movies, or I shouldn't say the only two Looney Tunes movies, because there's ones that are completely animated. But the two Warner Brothers Looney Tunes slash live action crossover Looney Tunes movies, uh, Space Jam, and Looney Tunes Back in Action. Uh, I chose them because the new Space Jam, uh, a new Legacy, I think it's called, is coming Something out like that, in right? a couple of months, I believe. I watched the trailer for it for the first time earlier today, but we can uh, we can talk about that later because it looks also very weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess to start, Matthew, have you seen either of these movies before? Like, what was your history?
1: I I, I actually I, you know I, I was obviously aware of their existence. Because, you know, in 1996, Space Jam was everywhere, right? And the other movie was a bomb. So um, I don't think it came out so much. But um, see, 1996 was the year I graduated high school. So the Space Jam, and I wasn't a Michael Jordan. I was a basketball fan, but I wasn't a Michael Jordan fan. I was a Knicks fan. So literally, Space Jam was sort of aimed at like maybe five or six years younger than me aimed at Jordan fans, which I wasn't, so I never watched it. Um, you know, I was obviously aware of its existence. I've seen uh, a couple... Of, I, ha- I, I had seen some YouTube videos of people, you know, talking about it over the years or whatever, and kind of basically seeing how weird it was and where its place in history goes, because... You know, but Fair I, I enough, think this yeah. is the first time I've seen either of this. And, and I guess... I guess this is. There's not a lot of these live action anime, right? You have Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I saw in the theaters as a kid, and I think I might have seen it once subsequent to that. I don't. I might not have ever seen it, but I did enjoy it in the theaters. Then you have these two. Is there is there a lot of other um, these mixed animation?
0: The there's all of the ones that are like. Uh, live action e <laughs> remakes of like cartoons. Okay, of, like those the, are the, stuff, those like are the, the Rocky and Bullwinkle, <laughs> right, one, for example. right? Right, right. Like of- that one does have a like Rocky and Bullwinkle are, are animated, and everyone else around them okay. is not. I haven't seen that, um, is it, is and I think Mercs the same with like. like that? Yeah, I think most of those. At least the newer ones are more CG animated, though, like the Smurfs oh, yeah. one, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I, those I'm are all CG. Do we count those? Then? So the, you know, not really, not really. Like, yeah, I think the only other one you could could really count is Rocky and Bullwinkle. I think that one. Okay, because that's an actual uh, does, fall and that was that, that, that was that was, a, that was a
1: huge bomb too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Although, interestingly, uh, Roger Ebert loved that movie and also loved space jam. I guess he's space just jam. a fan of this style of movie. It's yeah. I was shocked that he liked space jam so much. He gave it three and a half stars. Right. I was like, really? That's it's not. So I, I guess we'll get into our reviews a little bit later, but I would right. not give space jam three and a half stars. I'd give it maybe two and a half. <laughs> yeah. I'd give it a weird, um, like I, did, I, I didn't hate it, but I, I didn't definitely didn't love it. I, I maybe I would have loved it as a kid. Maybe. I don't know. I was going to say my history with Space Jam is because you kind of described the target audience. And I was like, oh, that was me, mm-hmm. like the, <laughs> the younger kid. I wasn't really a huge Michael Jordan fan, but like I was more aware of him than I was of any other basketball sure. player. Obviously. Were you a basketball fan? And I not really okay. like I, I was always more of a baseball person, but I'm not really that big into sports at all, to right. be honest. Yeah. Um, But Space Jam, man, this is going to sound like super 90s, but I I got the novelization at a scholastic book fair at my (laughs) school. (laughs) So this is like the ultimate 1995-96 story. Uh, I read all of it before going to see the movie, so I knew everything that was going to happen in the movie before I saw it. And then I don't know if they do this anywhere anymore, but at least at my local library, they would show movies like that hadn't come out on video yet but weren't in theaters so it was right. almost like a second run theater type of thing uh, so like three or four months after it was in theaters the local library would have like a free screening and uh, parents and kids could go to it and that was how i saw space jam for the first time okay and yeah as a kid i loved it and i, I watched it quite a few times hmm. on like the vhs copy that we had And then haven't seen it since probably when I was like 10 (laughs) and then finally watch. But the weird thing was watching it again today. I was like, Oh, I remember almost everything that happens in this movie. It wasn't like I had scrubbed it from my mind. Like I remembered almost beat for beat, everything that happened. It was weird, but I, I would say, yeah, definitely young me young child version of me enjoyed space jam a lot more than uh, grown up me, and I think a lot of the the love that still exists with for it in the cultural zeitgeist is due to that kind of childhood nostalgia, especially of people my age that are I think are looking back on Space Jam hmm. uh, as something better than what it actually was. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right, right. Uh, a lot of people I think aren't aware of the history of Space Jam, so it kind of it started out as a series of commercials uh for for air jordans where michael jordan was playing basketball with bugs bunny and those commercials were so popular that then warner brothers uh actually hired the guy who did the commercials to direct the movie so like he's not really a movie director he's like a he does mostly i think he did one other movie and he's done mostly uh commercials and music videos which makes sense because this yes. movie plays like a ninety minute long music video slash commercial. Yes. It really <laughs> It doesn't does. feel like a movie. It does not it feels like a very
1: long trailer
0: for a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get I, I get that. It feels yeah, it feels like a ninety minute trailer for itself. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it, it's it's and it it goes by fast
1: you know it's I, I think 90 minutes is i think i did check like if you don't include the the montage in the beginning and the montage in the end it's more like uh an hour and 10 minutes i think like there's a real there's a lot of filler
0: yeah in the- oh yeah for sure there's that that entire subplot uh where the monsters steal the the basketball powers from the NBA stars. And there's a whole subplot about them not having their powers and they're going to shut down the NBA and they have to go into the stadium with hazmat suits and stuff. And I was like, this is so fillery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the main part of the movie is maybe one hour. And then the other half hour is just filler of, like you said, like the montages, uh, them like training for the game uh, and the, the end credits is like seven minutes long. Yes, exactly. Like, I think there's like yes. six or seven songs. And then I, yes. I let it play in the background while I was doing other stuff. And I was like, geez, how <laughs> long is this credits? It just did not end. And there's a scene after the credits, which I never knew because I never stayed that long when I was a kid. I was just turned the tape off and mm-hmm. rewound it before it finished. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it goes by very briskly. I will yeah, say it, that. It, it, there's very little to the plot, you know, it's sort of and what there is makes no sense. No, and it, exactly.
1: <laughs> and, you know, the, the basketball game is roughly half of the movie, I think, more or less. And maybe,
0: yeah, maybe a little bit less, a little like bit 30, less. Yeah, 40 percent, maybe.
1: Um, and, you know, the, the, the whole the, all the tropes are there losing in the first half. Michael Jordan gives a very, very uninspired speech at halftime, which I think was, I think that was, that was kind of a really missed opportunity. They really could have gone for it there and have him do like the Al Pacino in any given Sunday, sort of, give him like a 10 minute monologue, like, with,
0: and then at the end, like, still have the same joke of like everyone being asleep.
1: Yes, kind of thing. I would, have loved I think that would have been, I would have been great if it was sort of like some patent sort of, you know, Brando esque monologue, and um, you know, it was, it was just very, it was, it was very, um, like, okay, well, that's the motivation there. But at, like at that point, I sort of I did sort of like how all the T- like half the Looney Tunes are like dead by that point, right? Did, didn't they they killed Foghorn Leghorn and did you know I don't think you see him again, right? You,
0: oh, he yeah. gets incinerated. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it. I never noticed. Yeah, because he's just like fried chicken at mm-hmm. one point, connected to an IV. But I don't know if they show him again at the end of the movie and he's like revived or not. And he, do you notice he was whistling or that that he was singing
1: Dixie? as he was bringing the ball up and the monster um, incinerated him. You know, it's like, I wish I was in the land of cotton. And then I was like, "What? Well, I, I wonder if that, I wonder if, you know, what, what was that? 20 years ago? I <laughs> wonder if they would, what, 25 years ago. I wonder if they would do that now. Sing. <laughs> I don't think that would be a scene in the new.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that they're already talking about cutting out. I know Pepe Le Pew is not going to be in it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, because he's such a rapey <laughs> kind of character, mm-hmm. uh, although crazy. he's not, I would say when I rewatch Space Jam, he doesn't do anything no, like that. He, he, he doesn't never, even interact
1: um, with the girl bunny
0: with Lola. Yeah, it was like, oh, he doesn't interact with Lola at all. I thought I thought maybe I was misremembering, and there was a scene with them together or him like kind of drooling over he, her. But no, he just like he kind of stinks up the court in one <laughs> yeah. very short gag, very and I think he has one gag. other line and that's it right <laughs> he's barely in the movie um but yeah the they cut him out which I don't know I have mixed feelings about I think they could keep Pepe Le Pew but just like rewrite the character yeah. to be exactly. less or, rapey or they, and creepy Maybe, maybe <laughs> but instead they're just getting rid of him like, yeah
1: uh, they like in the in the um you know, there's a, there's a few moments, I'm trying to think of this specifically, but there's a few, oh, that were Bugs it's actually, no, that's in the other movie, where Bugs Bunny dressed up as the Girl Bunny at the dinner, and they sort of made fun. of Yeah. Like, they could do that in the new one. They could sort of make fun of the of the things that are, you know, the things that would that are, like, I, I, not okay anymore. Yeah, just to kind of wink to the audience sort of thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Sometimes when movies do that, it's actually kind of annoying, but it could work. But I, what I did learn is I didn't
0: – Yeah, learn- there's times where – Go ahead. There's times where it does work and times where it doesn't. Like yes. I'm, I'm thinking of the new Clash of the Titans remake has a scene where uh, what's Sam whatever, the guy from Avatar. Yeah, Sam Worthington, um, Ter- terrible actor, he, right? He, sam worthington he grabs um ubo i think its name was Mm -hmm. the the like mechanical owl from the original clash of the titans and he's like what's this we don't need it and then he just throws it down and and that's i was just like what the hell like i I I know what you're doing like you're winking at the audience like haha remember this character from the original but like you're not being clever about it. You're just, exactly being, that, that like, was very, very it's clever. just stupid. And you're just like, you're shitting all over the <laughs> classic original movie that I love. I do love the movie. Too. And treating it like it's a piece of shit. When we can talk about it's, that. It's actually, that movie, movie
1: might be a good one to talk about <laughs>
0: one day. That one.
1: And with what's the sister movie? Yeah. Jason and the Argonauts is the other.
0: Yeah. Jason. Yeah. And anything, but I love uh, Ray Harryhausen movies, yeah, me too. but yeah, there even, he would admit that they were made like fast and cheap. Yes, like all of his movies were made very fast. I love those as a kid because uh, I
1: loved Greek mythology.
0: Um, but yeah, get sorry. Getting back uh, to Space Jam, there's uh, Pepe Le Pew. I think was the one thing, and then Lola Bunny was the other thing. Mm-hmm. Her, they're not cutting out. They're like kind of rewriting her character. Uh, which rewatching this, I was okay with it because. Um, she doesn't do that much. Like, they establish her as being the only one of them who's good at basketball outside of Michael Jordan. Right. And I was like, okay, let's see how much... I, I really tried to pay attention to her in the game. I was like, "Let's see how much she actually contributes to the game," mm-hmm. and it's almost nothing. She scores right. about the same amount as all the other tunes do. Like, and
1: there's the one monstar that keeps on flirting with her. Like the one monstar keeps on like kind of creep on her. That was sort of like I
0: guess a subplot. The one that she like pulls his pants down yeah, or the, whatever, I guess and the she's like, "Nice, nice butt."
1: <laughs> but um. What I didn't know, I didn't realize she was a brand new character. Like, she was introduced for the movie. I didn't, I thought she was all, I, well, I I guess that's another thing. I don't really have a ton of Looney Tunes nostalgia. I, I, like, I'm, again, I'm familiar with them, but not to the point where I'm, like, I can, like, remember specific things. I remember more the Tweety and Sylvester. And no, the wild, what's the coyote? Is the coyote even? Oh, yeah,
0: Wiley Coyote. Or is that
1: Hannah Barrera?
0: Barbara, right? No, that's that's Looney Tunes. OK, yeah, they're in this, but they're like uh, they're not in it that much. OK, yeah. And neither of the characters speak, so oh, okay, uh, that's- they're e- they're easy to miss. Like, yeah, in both movies, Wiley e. Coyote shows up at some point and he like holds up a sign. 'Cause that's uh, like his okay, trademark thing. Yeah, is yeah. it holding well, a yeah, sign that's like uh oh yeah. or something. I found Daffy Duck annoying.
1: Um, I guess but I guess he's kind of that's his character.
0: I liked him more in Looney Tunes Back in Action. Yes, but me too. again, we we'll, we'll get into that yeah. one. I think that one did a way better job of giving the Looney Tunes actual characterization mm-hmm. and they had like their own subplots and stuff. The Looney Tunes had almost no reason to be nothing in Space Jam had a reason to be there. No. Like, that's how I felt. No. Like nothing had a compelling reason to connect with anything else. There was no reason for them to get Michael Jordan and not anyone else. There was no reason for them to choose a basketball game as their escape from yeah. slavery or whatever. There's not even a good reason for like Danny DeVito to want the Looney Tunes. Like, why can't he just build a better ride? Like, right. everything in this movie is so contrived. Like It really is. It, it really is
1: so thin on story that it's, you know, if you really stop and think for two seconds, like, wait, why would they even agree to a game? Why would they do this? Why would they? It was it. nothing makes sense, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I I wrote so many notes where I was like, why don't they do this? Why don't they just like kick them out? Why mm-hmm. why, why do the Looney Tunes agree to being slaves at all? Like, <laughs> they're like the aliens are on their home turf, or they basically have godlike powers, as is established at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Why are they agreeing to the the basketball game to begin with? Right, like,
1: like it, when they come, it's to the theater weird. And they, <laughs> they shoot somebody. They shoot what is Sylvester, I think, and. Then all yeah, the, all so. the Looney Tunes just stop and put their hands up. Like, okay, you've won at that point. Why would you? Why would you give them it out? You could just say, "Hey, you guys are working for us now."
0: Well, Bugs Bunny fooled them with the book that he made in oh, yeah, two yeah, seconds this or this something. That, I guess, but, within the yeah, logic still—it still, the movie, it that still that feels very. Yeah, it's there's a lot of logical leaps in this movie. It was so flindy. it's it's a weird it's a weird combination too. like the idea of a Michael, a Michael Jordan, like biopic <laughs> could have worked as its own thing or a Looney Tunes movie where they interact with live action people like ala uh, Roger Rabbit. Yes also could have worked as its own thing. I agree. But like mashing, it felt like someone in Hollywood had two different projects. <laughs> they had a Looney Tunes movie project and they had a Michael Jordan biopic project. And they were like, they like did some mushrooms one day or something. And they were like, holy shit, I know what you need to do. And they like put the two scripts together. <laughs> and that, that's what became space jam. It's just, I don't know. It's just such a weird combination of elements that, only could have come out of the 90s like Mm, they don't try weird stuff like that anymore i find like the 90s gave us weird movies like that or like the last action heroes another one where it's just like this is such a bizarre concept for a movie it would never in a million years get made today like maybe someone would write something like that as a as a joke like for fun but there's no way someone would be like yeah we'll make a biopic movie about michael jordan where he." Plays basketball with the Looney Tunes. Why not? It, it's it's very bizarre. I um I was uh, in the Ebert review. He
1: he uh, he touched on that a little with the saying about the uh, kind of. But, three, but he liked one. it. He <laughs> was right, like, he, like thought that was a positive.
0: Yeah, he was. I, he actually said, "I admire the uh, something like I admire the corporate." Uh, <laughs> Uh, like basically like the, he admired the fact that Warner brothers was trying to make money, which is a weird <laughs> thing for yes. a movie critic to say. Yeah. It's like, that's <laughs> that's the part of space jam. I didn't like, yes. and that's weird that you admire that. Like it's, it's so blatantly obvious that this movie was just made to cash in on the popularity of several different things that were exactly. happening at that specific point in time in, in the nineties. But that's what you liked about it? (laughs) Usually when movies are like just blatantly 90-minute commercial cash Mm -hmm. grabs, like critics hate them. But he's like, nah, like that's cool. Warner, you (laughs) know, Disney has a corner on this market. Warner Brothers is trying to edge in on this market. Yeah, there's Um, a lot of Adam Sandler movies that fit that sort of. is this a real
1: movie it's just
0: it uh... it feels like roger ebert must have had just had a really good day like he he had the best slice of pizza he had the best slice of chicago deep dish pizza he'd ever had that day and then he went and watched space jam and was like hell yeah (laughs) well i mean he loved phantom menace you know there's a there's some and and, and this movie is so much better than phantom menace this is (laughs) full disclosure though i don't hate phantom Menace. yeah that's actually it's my it's my favorite of the three prequels but but it's not really a good movie at the same time like that's another one that's it i i have nostalgia goggles whenever i watch that one too because i I I actually
1: there's there's a youtube (laughs) fan edit that got rid of all the goofy jake lloyd lines and it got rid of like pod racing and it got rid of all the racist aliens and it gave them instead subtitled like they sounded like menacing. Yeah, the,
0: the anti-cheese. Yes, edit. I actually
1: enjoyed that version.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like I like both versions. I like yeah. the theatrical version as well. You, you have a nostalgia. Many, many flaws. Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you, you also don't. Yeah. You,
1: you're also not one of these people who say it's like the godfather either like, there, there's some people who will legitimately try and defend it as a as a
0: work of art oh no it's, red letter media
1: it's it's in the it's in
0: the same vein as it's in the same vein as something like i was saying like last action hero like it's just so such an insane movie that, that i have to kind of admire it and it's right. the same as space jam like i admire it in some ways because it's like the fact that this movie even got made Is very fascinating to me (laughs) because it's such a product of that time. That's why I'm a little bit wary about the sequel, the fact that they're doing a sequel. I'm like, well, Space Jam was such a 1996 thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that like, can it work in the in the 2020s? I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll find out. I mean, I don't know. I do think LeBron James is a better actor than Michael Jordan, though. I didn't. We didn't really talk that yeah. much about Michael Jordan, but I I gotta say he wasn't great. He wasn't great. <laughs> no, but I thought he was.
1: I, I thought the goofy stuff was I, again. Like having seen this, this is my first time. I thought there'd be a lot more goofy double takes, sort of thing, and things like that that uh, okay. would annoy me. Um, and they do do a little of that. <laughs> He looks at the camera way too much. Um, you know, there's a lot of fourth wall breaking, but it's actually toned down to what I thought it was. I thought they would do like they would do like an acne gag and they'd cut to Jordan like with a really shocked expression. Then he'd look at the camera and then look back and they actually they
0: actually showed some some restraint. No, but he's almost, it's almost too far in the opposite direction. Instead of that, he's just not reacting to anything. That is <laughs> like true. Like when he first gets sucked <laughs> down the golf hole, he, just accepts and he it very quickly. winds up in Looney Tunes land. <laughs> he's like, what's going on? This is weird, guys. Yeah, that is if, true. Like, I wrote in my notes, like, does Michael Jordan visit the Looney Tunes like on a weekly basis? Like, right. It doesn't feel like he's there for the first time. It feels like he goes there all the time. That's a and great he's like, come point. on, guys, I was playing golf. I'm, bus- I'm a busy man. I can't come here every week. Like, <laughs> That's actually a great point. <laughs> he's the, so mundane about it. To the
1: point that actually for a few minutes, more than a few minutes, I actually thought that I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Is this sort of a Roger Rabbit universe? Where tunes because remember yeah. how the tunes well, I don't know they're not tunes but the 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 bad guys were at the the Knicks game the Knicks were playing the Suns when they stole Charles yeah. Barkley and Patrick Ewing's powers and the woman is like yeah there's a creep next to me in a
0: the wife from Everybody Loves Raymond <laughs>
1: oh that's who that is that's
0: Patricia <laughs> <laughs> yeah I didn't I didn't I didn't notice that at I first I don't she, remember her name she's and one, then one the, of those the, like
1: uber right wing uh, not that that matters but uber right wing uh, Hollywood. Oh, against... I, I didn't know
0: that actually, but and then the guy, her husband in that scene, is Dan Casalnata yes. from uh, yeah, The he's... Simpsons, which I didn't know that. I as thought a kid she was Sean
1: Young. I thought that was Sean Young from oh. Wall Street, <laughs> from Blade Runner, because of the haircut. And, like, and then I'm like, no, that's not Sean Young. But I, then I didn't really take Patricia Heaton. That's the actress's name. Yeah, Where, uh, Patricia Heaton. Yeah, she's a big um, anti-abortion advocate right-wing advocate sort of thing which whatever that's her that's her thing that's fine uh, but um okay. that's uh yeah. that's sort of her claim to f- fame in hollywood um she's a she's one of the few hollywood right-wingers um but it's funny i did not know i i, I knew it was sean i knew it wasn't sean young even though was, i thought it was but okay that's funny it's patricia heaton in a early cameo but yes okay yeah so i thought okay this is a universe where tunes exist alongside people because also larry bird and bill murray didn't really react that much to michael jordan getting sucked in the hole they're like oh well (laughs) they just they finish their game
0: yeah (laughs) they don't
1: call the cops there's yeah. no.
0: They're so like, like, we'll, we'll I, mark that as a two because we were kind of yeah, uh, upset. Yeah, we were kind of, like, and, and, and then I was like, and
1: then after a while, I'm like, oh, wait, this isn't that sort of universe. Why is Michael Jordan not reacting a little bit more to the fact that he's in a. Yeah,
0: the, those were my thoughts exactly. <laughs> like in Looney Tunes Back in Action, is that type. Like Looney yes, Tunes Back in Action yes. is the universe where the toons and the people coexist. Yes, so it's like, fine Duff that. It like, goes to a board meeting and that's the. yeah so that's fine but space jam everyone in that movie should be like holy shit the looney tunes are real whoa but also but they're not they're just like those even michael jordan's kids are like whatever back back in action Uh, is, i don't think so i think they're like spiritual sequels Uh, Uh, back in actions back in action started development as space jam yes Spy jam evolved (laughs) yeah (laughs) And then it like well, first it was just Space Jam too, like they were going to bring back Michael Jordan, and then when he didn't want to come back, they changed it to Spy Jam, oh, okay. uh, which was okay. going to star Jackie Chan, and then Jackie Chan dropped out, and then Joe Dante got attached, and then that's when it became uh, Looney Tunes oh, connection. Okay,
1: okay, okay.
0: Which is more just because Joe Dante is like a big. Uh, looney tunes fan is evidenced yeah. by like every single one of his movies where someone's watching looney tunes right. in at least right. one scene oh, uh, and chuck jones has like cameos in a lot of his they stuff. were
1: watching looney tunes in space
0: they, they went meta oh yeah my on michael jordan's weirdly small tv in his house yes. so okay was, let's talk about I that i wrote person. in my notes so i was like why is why is he a multi-millionaire with like a tv the size of The TV that I had when I was a kid. Like he should have a giant TV. (laughs) His house was like
1: an oak like a very nice house in like a McMansion neighborhood, like in a cul-de-sac. It wasn't some basketball player's forty million dollar, however much I don't know how house this cost, you know, multi-million dollar mansion. It was like a two hundred thousand dollar house you'd find in suburban Tampa, Florida. It was very weird.
0: Yeah, I think they were trying to downplay. Like, I think they were trying to make Michael Jordan more relatable yeah. by like downplaying how rich he is. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, because I, I think they didn't want to show that. Act in real life, he lives in like a giant mansion, yes. and he has like five big screen TVs. Yes. He has one his in own every basketball bathroom. court in his house. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's. Probably in reality, that's what Michael Jordan's actual house yes. looks like. But I think they were like, no, let's make him a bit more relatable. He, he lived in America. like the kind of
1: house where like an accountant who has a decent job. Yeah, works. it was just it was very funny. It was I don't know. I, I I actually really liked the fact I liked his wife. They they gave her the wife. Obviously, it's not his real wife, but they gave him the same name as his wife in real life. And I really liked that actress. Yeah. Um, and I was like, she was one of those, oh, I've seen her before actresses. And then like, I was like, wow, she was literally in like in every urban hood movie in the nineties. Like she was in new Jack city. She was in, um, the Abel Ferrara movie with Christopher Walken, uh, King of New York. She was in all these movies. And then like, she, she's still alive and she's still, you know, she's still somewhat active, but she kind of disappeared and she didn't have a film credit for like a decade. Um, but I I, I like seeing her. Oh, I like I, I like that actress a lot. And then I like seeing the, the 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 Michael Jordan as a kid. Um, he was another one who's literally played the kid in every hood movie from Like he was in Menace to Society. Oh, really? And, and then I was like, all right, let me see what this guy's up to. And he's got like an active Instagram. He's sort of doing his thing, you know. He seems like I actually I went to follow him. He seems like a nice, oh kid, nice, guy. but um. And I guess he's he's very very somewhat. He's not he's not active, but he's not like retired. Like like I guess we talked a little about Mia Sara last last episode. He's not like or whatever. He's not like that level of retired, but he's not. You know, you don't see him in anything. But um, I was like, it was one of those things where I'm like, wow, that little kid looks familiar. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. He played the little kid in like ten movies. I
0: really, really liked. <laughs> wow, cool. Yeah, I I did not know that he was in anything else. I know the I knew the wife right. was in other stuff. Yeah, like Teresa when I saw her, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen her You've in seen a bunch her, yeah. of things. I know she's not. Michael Jordan's real wife, right. and these aren't his real kids, and whatever.
1: I don't even know if he had. I don't. I don't know even if the kids match. Like,
0: if he has two boys, and I have no idea. Uh, they do, apparently, according oh, to okay. the IMDb trivia. They are based on, like, they have the same names as his actual. kids. Okay, yeah. I don't know if his kids didn't want to be in it, or if he wanted them to, like, focus on their schooling. And I'm actually
1: glad get they didn't do that. Or like, I, I, I mean, in a movie like this, there's already way too much stunt casting. You know, with like, you have all these NBA players. I'm glad they didn't have a bunch of you know not not that the kids that that did play the roles had a major impact on the movie or or
0: were some terrific you know well they they meet Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and like everyone else in this movie don't react at yeah, they all. Just They're just they like okay good yeah. luck with the game. Yeah. Bye.
1: Great <laughs> like yeah that was kind of weird.
0: Um, But yeah the
1: um, w- what did you think of Bill Murray?
0: Uh I mean, I thought he was fine. I'm not the biggest Bill Murray fan as much as okay. a lot of other people are. Well, this is
1: pre-Rushmore, uh, right? Because Rushmore is... What is Rushmore, 98 or so?
0: 99? Uh, uh, I thought Rushmore was around 2000, 2001. Okay. But yeah, it may it might have sound, been late 90s. That actually sounds right.
1: So this is pre-Renaissance Bill Murray. This is sort of the...
0: yeah. This was actually when Bill Murray was in kind of his career slump, yes, like between exactly. Scrooged and Rushmore. Yes, yes. Like the only thing I know that he did in that time was Space Jam, right. and it's just like a weird cameo.
1: Yeah, it was really weird. He was barely in it. I, he's on the box, right? Like he's on the, he's featured. Like I thought that probably. I don't. I'm not. Sure. And he plays himself, which is fine. I just, I don't know. I thought he'd be a bigger role. He should have been a bigger that maybe would have
0: made it. I just thought it was funny that like he shows up and says like, Oh, the, I'm friends with the producer. As a kid, I didn't get that. Now I'm like, Oh, it's because Ivan Reitman produced this movie. Right. That
1: makes, and then, don't they hate each other? Sense. Or didn't they start to hate
0: each other after? Like they had a falling out, right? Bill Murray has had a falling out with yeah, almost everyone true. that he's ever worked with. Cause he's uh, like, I don't want to disparage the guy yeah, too much, but he's, he's pretty notoriously difficult to work right. with. Um, and even in this movie, it seemed like he didn't really want to be there, no, and then he just kind of left. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like even at the end, Michael Jordan's like, "Why don't you stay?" And he's like, "No, I got bad knees. I, I gotta leave."
1: <laughs> well and then there's <laughs> a, like, Larry, okay. Larry Bird can't act either. And there's that weird scene with Larry Bird where like he's just like kind of saying, "Yeah, I could have like I could have been in the end." I'm like, wait, I forgot that was like this sort of like a weird little subplot where Bill Murray.
0: Oh yeah, we kept the... trying to get.
1: Yeah, I was like, yeah. wow, that's a, that was a weird little aside that didn't really work. But um, you know, it, it, I I don't think any of these things. I don't think if you made the perfect Space Jam, I don't think I don't think I could ever say it was like a three and a half star movie. You know, the perfect version of this movie no is still a goofy cash grab. With a bunch of non-actors, you know.
0: Um. Yeah. I feel like the perfect version of Space Jam is not a movie. It's just like a series of commercials and yes. music videos. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially because the, the one compliment I will give this movie is the, the soundtrack, Kick's Ass. I yeah. I still think it kicks ass. I think this movie has just a really good... It had a really iconic soundtrack yes. in the 90s. There was like three or four hit songs from this soundtrack. Yeah. And I still think it holds like that part of it holds oh, that, up really well. Holds as soon as like as soon as that opening scene ends and he's like running at the the uh, basketball net as a child and the, the theme song kicks in. I got like chills <laughs> Yeah, me too. I was, I was like, like hell yeah. yeah, I do like this. <laughs> and then the rest of the movie kind of let me down. I was like, oh, it's not as exciting. That opening credits is like the most exciting part of the movie when they're just showing Uh, basketball footage, and then it just shows, like, the close-ups of the lights, and it's like, Space (laughs) Jam! Starring Bugs Bunny! (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm in for the best movie ever! And then, yeah, it's kind of a letdown after that. (laughs) It just has a a really kick-ass opening opening title scene. I guess it's... uh, uh, Batman kind of had the same thing going on, too. The 90s was just a... the, The 90s was a good time for good soundtracks and and uh, epic opening title yeah. credit sequences, yeah. which they, they don't do that anymore. A lot of movies now just take the Christopher Nolan style of like, just start the movie right away. Yeah, cold you open. Don't have any opening credits. Uh, yeah, like the cold open. Like it, if they have anything, it'll just be the title of the movie. Yeah, And I'm like, I kind of miss uh, where it, you. it kind of gave you a chance to settle into the film a little bit by having like that two minutes of just telling you who's in it. And, it, and just, like, kind of showing off the style of the movie yeah. before yeah. the movie actually starts. I agree with that. Uh, the, the only movies that still do that are James Bond movies, and that's just because they, like, it's part it's of the part formula. Of the thing, like yeah. They
1: kind of, oh, yeah, thing. that's the cold. The, yeah, Bond always has the cold open where he has some sort of unrelated thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the gimmick.
0: But then they have they have like the theme song. Yeah, with all the Exactly. Yeah, they
1: do like a music. five, ten minute sort of opening action sequence that's not related to the movie. Then they do the 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 sniper and then the, the song. Yeah. I like that. But I guess yeah, that's that's um yeah, I don't see that as much.
0: Uh, so yeah, would you I guess Like, that's pretty much all the stuff I have to say about Space Jam. Would you say that Space Jam holds up? Because I would say probably not. I would
1: say no. Overall. (laughs) I would say if you show this to, like, a kid who, like, okay, yeah, the nostalgic factors there, fine. Um, Like I said, it's the first watch for me. You show this to, like, one of my students here, one of these 11 or 12-year-olds. I don't know what they'd get out of it. You know, if that's, and that's the target audience, right? 11. So cause sort of like an older kid, because there's cartoon violence. There's some weird sort of like crumpling up Michael Jordan and playing him as a basketball, which maybe younger kids would be <laughs> a frightened by. There's the luscious rabbit, which is, which is kind of weird. I wonder if, which is weird for this. Yeah. Sexualizing the cards. Sexualizing the cartoon is nothing, nothing new. Sexualizing our, um an anthropomorphic, is that the word? Cartoon is also, I don't think anything new. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I, I don't think it would hold up on that respect. You know, I don't know. Michael Jordan is like the owner of the Hornets. So, you know, even if my students were like basketball fans, I don't know what they'd get out of it in terms of, there's no real bas- – you know, there's no there's – actually, he, that's not true. There, he actually has some nice basketball moves, which they did a pretty good job of incorporating with the monsters trying to stop him. Um, but, you know, the technology is, is so far advanced right now in terms of, you know. I, I think without a story and without sort of like today's CGI animation Pixar level sort of thing – I don't know what a 13, 14-year-old would get out of it now, you know? And, and I, yeah, someone loved it as a kid. I guess they might love it now, but I guess that's the whole thing. I, 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 I didn't lo- watch it as a kid. Yeah. I didn't love it now <laughs> as an adult who is familiar with Michael Jordan and Maloney Tunes. I didn't hate it. You know, it went by so quick. And um, there's a few gags that are like, yeah, that was kind of clever. And a few gags were like, it was really dumb. I don't think I laughed, you know, I didn't, it wasn't
0: funny. Yeah. I only like chuckled ch- at a few parts, yeah. but yeah, nothing. The, the only part that really uh, still kind of made me laugh was uh, where Wayne Knight is trying to dig up Michael Jordan. Yeah, that and was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm fixing a divot. <laughs> that, that was pretty cool. fixing clever. a divot. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That was, that was the one part. And, and i didn't mind actually the the stuff with the even though it was a pointless subplot like the stuff with the basketball players that lost their powers oh, i
1: was, was like, going to mention had, that i actually had a
0: few funny moments yes. with them
1: i actually laughed with, i actually did laugh a few times when when the one said um when it, when the one psychiatrist said to Patrick Ewing, he's like, "Is there any other places you can't perform or something?" And Patrick kind of stands up, and he's like, "No, man," or something. It's like, yeah. see, now Patrick Ewing was my favorite player when I was a kid, and Patrick Ewing does a really really great cameo in Exorcist Three in the in the dream sequence. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that weird. Yes, he, dream he's the an angel playing a that. piano, and Fabio's there.
0: And um, oh, that's that's such a bizarre part of that. movie. That whole movie is very bizarre, I, but I, I yeah, enjoy that, that movie a lot part of that movie. But is, yeah, it's so weird. It's um, so I, I, I like the I like. The yeah, movie. I love Exorcist three.
1: Um, Charles Barkley, I guess, had a few OK lines. He's a he's a he's a charismatic guy. I actually probably Charles Barkley would have been the best guy to be, you know, to been the main star because he's you know, I don't know if you watched. Batman, yeah, nowadays, but he's you know he's the main announcer guy on the on the the halftime shows, and he's probably the most charismatic sort of guy.
0: I think yeah, out of all the all the five guys they stole powers from, plus Michael Jordan, like uh, Charles Barkley probably the best actor. Yes. Uh, out of all of those non-actors that being said i i commend michael jordan because he's acting against nothing like he's spending the whole movie on a blue screen he's by himself (laughs) just reacting to yeah which is hard even for like a veteran actor and here you're taking a non-actor with almost with like i I think he had done one or two small roles before that but he had very little acting experience And you're now forcing him into one of the most difficult acting situations that there is, which is just reacting to like a tennis ball or a blue screen. <laughs> right. I yeah. I, again, I don't think he did that great of a job, no. but like I don't I don't think I would have done any better. But like, you know what? A you know what I gotta situation say though, to act he in, so. wasn't
1: dislikable. He wasn't like. Yeah, yeah. Like the fact that it was maybe aimed at like a 12-year-old instead of a six-year-old, I actually was very happy that it didn't go in that like goofy because that was probably one of my biggest criticisms of Michael Jordan was – and this is something I thought of as a a kid – was that in, in real life, Michael Jordan is probably either the first or second greatest player of all time between him and Kareem. Um, he's a ruthless, ruthless, ruthless person who only wants to win. Like if you watch his hall of fame speech, he's a miserable person who keeps grudges since getting cut from like his high school team. He still has grudges. He's not a nice guy, but like the NBA of that era, um, you know, you're not a big sports guy, but okay, so they went from and, and this is I'll be very short with
0: this. No, I'm fascinated by all this stuff because I don't know okay. anything about it. Well, okay, so the
1: NBA in off. like the eighties, <laughs> pre magic, pre bird was basically on tape delay. The league had a huge cocaine problem. You know, they had a lot of college stars who'd wash out in their first three year, uh, first three years in the league because of drugs. Um, the league wasn't popular. Magic and Bird came, they popularized the league, and then Jordan came and just sort of transcended the league. And then they started coming out with these shows like Inside Stuff, and these were sort of aimed at like little kids in the Midwest, Midwestern United States. And they'd be like, yeah, let's look at Michael Jordan, you know, at home, you know, playing video games, like like goofy stuff that you know wasn't happening. Because in real life, he was a gambling addict, he was completely driven to win he was a, a person that a lot of his teammates hated him because of how intense he was and stuff like that. He wasn't some kid friendly, you know, do to do, do kind of guy. But, um, and I'm glad the movie didn't go too far in that, like, here's cutesy Michael Jordan, la la la. You know, it was, and maybe the Disney version of that movie maybe does that. But because it is Looney Tunes and they kill each other and there's violence, it was a little bit more – it was yeah. more fun for me in that respect. So I got to give it a lot of credit
0: and, for that. And I will say like when I was a kid, I was definitely more of a Looney Tunes guy mm. than a Disney guy. I think now I'm a lot more into Disney, uh, uh, especially like the stuff they've done with Pixar and stuff. Right. But, yeah, as a as a kid, I was a big Looney Tunes fan because of what you said. They were edgier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they murdered each yes, other. Like, you do not really biased. see that as much in, in a Disney cartoon. No, you're right. Uh, but yeah, the Looney there Looney Tunes, no like, message. they're marketed to kids, but yeah, and, and they there, really shouldn't. There was
1: no family-friendly, like, you know, guys, now we're a family again sort of message. It was just the coyote wanted to murder the bird. Like anarchy. The cat wanted <laughs> to murder the bird. Like it was just there were there were characters who just hated each other by nature and they didn't learn lessons.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's very it, Yeah, it's very nihilistic, mean, yes. I guess, for exactly. something aimed at children. Daffy
1: Duck will do horrible things to try and get Bugs Bunny killed by who's the hunter character? Sylvester?
0: Uh Elmer Fudd or oh, Yosemite yeah, yeah. Sam, I think. And Yosemite Yosemite the, Sam. The ones yeah. trying to kill
1: him. They actually speaking of which one, one they they did a weird crowd shot. Of, like, a bunch of Yosemite Sam, like, Rednecks watching the... Like, Redneck cartoons
0: watching the... Oh, yeah, weird. like, his family or something? Yeah, that was, like, like... okay I, th- I think something. it was supposed to be his family.
1: And that was, like, one of the few crowd shots. So I was like, wait, what, what, they're playing to a bunch of yokels or something. It was kind of It was kind of weird. <laughs> weird. But, um yeah, um, I, I guess I, I liked the weirdness of the movie... I can't say I was like really bored because it went by so fast. I can't, that, but I also can't say it holds up in really many in many aspects of, of holding up. So you know, just because no. I can, some you know, if I if I if I get if I showed it to my students, I guarantee you they'd start playing with their cell phones ten minutes in. Oh, really?
0: Because I I don't know. It's such a like fast paced, like frenetic. Kind of movie, I think the little kids might hold their attention,
1: us, but, but the older ones—I don't know what's there for them. You know, they—they—they'll they, probably be like, "Why aren't we watching The Incredibles or something?" You know, they're gonna—you know, there's there's just other things they'd probably pick instead. Yeah, fair
0: enough. When the world's greatest athlete, Michael Jordan, teams up with the world's best-loved cartoon character, Bugs Bunny, you won't
1: believe your eyes. Pardon me, Mister Jordan. Can I have your audit- audit-
0: honor? Uh, your John Hancock. What's going on here? We need your help. All right. I guess we'll kind of move on from here okay. to yeah. the next movie we're talking about, which is 2003's Looney Tunes Back in Action, uh, directed by Joe Dante. To prep for it, I watched all the Joe Dante movies I hadn't seen yet. Okay. What, what uh, except for The Howling, because I can't find The Howling anywhere. Really? Okay. I've <laughs> seen that well. years ago. What, what are those yeah i watched i watched piranha okay. uh explorers which is a really weird film okay um uh inner space which i'm surprised i hadn't seen i before. have seen that one i i knew a lot about inner space like i knew of it i just hadn't gone around to <laughs> seeing it and then uh the last one was matinee with uh, john goodman which is a really good movie. oh yeah yeah that's a good one uh, if you haven't seen it and then, yeah, all of his other like the the Gremlins movies and stuff like that. Yeah, that's sort and, of his. And like, uh, small yeah. soldiers and stuff. Um, and then finally, after doing all of that, I watched Looney Tunes back in action, and I I feel like his. So there's a weird thing with this. So I I feel like his whole career was kind of building towards making a Looney Tunes movie, right? Because uh, it his movies do get progressively more kind of cartoony. And like I said, there's like a, a a lot of references to cartoons Mm -hmm. in his films in the, in the twilight zone movie. There's like his, his segment. Uh, uh, Actually it's weird. It's a Nancy Cartwright who plays Bart Simpson gets like sucked into a cartoon at one point. Uh, So it, it really feels like it was building to that. Plus He's such a big Looney Tunes fan. There's like references to them in the Gremlins movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I think uh, Chuck Jones, I think, played. It has a cameo in the first Gremlins, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, one one of the Looney Tunes animators, uh, but uh, Joe Dante hates this movie. Really? <laughs> and, like basically disowns it and doesn't like talking about it in interviews. I guess he had a very different vision for what he wanted okay. and the studio just didn't let him do his version of it. Uh, which I, I thought was kind of shocking because it, it feels like it has his like stamp all over it, but I guess not. Um, Cause to me, it, it still felt very Joe Dante. Yeah. Like Dick Miller is in the first five minutes and, it's extremely a lot of his movies are extremely like self-referential and they break the fourth wall a lot mm-hmm. and they're full of cameos to like uh especially cameos of like stuff from the 50s and 60s like old roger corman movies and stuff right. and there's all of that is in here <laughs> so the fact that he's like uh he disowned this movie and he hates it and he doesn't want to talk about it i think uh when i read that after watching it just uh going through imdb trivia i was like wow that's uh, really surprising to
1: you. yeah that's interesting and then it's kind of interesting looking at his career he doesn't do another movie for six years after this
0: yeah i think this movie kind of killed it a little yeah. bit because this was such a, a bomb i don't think anyone wanted to hire him and right. he probably wanted a, i think this was such a rough experience for him because he said it was like the worst year and a half of his life so i think after this he kind of stepped down and kind of just wanted to take it easy for a bit, which is fine. Uh, He did a few episodes of Masters of Horror, which is a Mm -hmm. a fun show. Uh, And yeah, I think he's done like two movies since this, which I have not seen either of them. Uh, One of them is like a... One of them came out the same year as Life After Beth, the the Aubrey Plaza movie oh, yeah. where she like comes Burying back from the, the dead, dead, and it's like the same movie. Yes,
1: I, it's <laughs> funny. I, I had looked at the um, the IMDb or the the Wikipedia for that, and I was like, wow, that sounds like Life After Beth, just with Antoine Yeltsin, who I really like, and um, I guess the the female actor is kind of famous for Twilight movie. I'm not familiar I... with her. I've seen, oh, okay. um,
0: yeah i don't remember
1: um, very attractive woman um but i i'm just not familiar with her uh her her movies antoine yeltsin uh, yeltsin obviously i am familiar with
0: but yeah I, f- I feel like everything like joe dante's career he kind of started out as sort of a nobody like he he made piranha which was like a jaws ripoff yes. kind of thing it announces itself as a Jaws ripoff. Right. In, in the first frame is like a, the Jaws video game. It zooms out and someone's playing Jaws, the arcade game. Um, <laughs> and then from there, he slowly started to build up his cred. And then he kind of got to make what I assumed was his dream project, which was a Looney Tunes movie. And then and the then studio that's what killed kind of Tanked his career, which is which is weird.
1: sad. Was Piranha like a horror a horror comedy or was it, did they play it straight?
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty uh, deliberately comedic, I would
1: say. Okay. Because mo- I guess most of his movies are that sort of... The Burbs is horror comedy, right? Yeah, I, I remember I
0: liked that as a little kid. Oh, yeah, The Burbs is... The, pretty the pretty Gremlins 2 is... Pretty but pretty yeah, weird. like The Burbs, The Howling, Gremlins, Gremlins 2...
1: You know, actually, speaking of Gremlins 2, it's kind of interesting because I remember... Oh, yeah, Space is a com- sci-fi sci- 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 comedy, too, which... You know, I, and I would say that's not one of my favorite genres. I like, I like it when it's well done, but it's hard to do it right. Horror comedy um, and uh, sci-fi comedy—it's sort of you know—it can be very hit and miss. But um, I, I, I remember reading—I um, don't know—I think I remember I, I saw it on a um, uh, Red Lover media, media review on Gremlins Two that basically the studio wanted him to make Gremlins again because it was such a success so like yeah if you want to do a sequel just remake it new guy new gremlin and you know just you know do the same movie again we'll make a cash grab but he went in a completely different direction
0: yeah he went like the 22 jump street kind of direction yeah. where like the sequel is making fun of the fact that it exists yes <laughs> yeah the sequel is sort of announcing to people i don't need to exist so i might as well just be as completely off the wall bonkers as i possibly can for like an hour and 45 minutes yeah and sit down and you're going for a ride <laughs> and actually watching looney tunes back in action the movie it reminded me of the most was gremlins 2 because yes. it had the same kind of uh anarchistic like yes. energy of like i don't need to exist i'm a i'm a spiritual sequel to space jam that uh, was stuck in development hell for seven years, right. but just sit back and enjoy the ride. Cause it's just going to be insane. And there's going to be all sorts of references and, uh, like, I don't even think I caught all of the movie references in this. Like, you almost need, like, one of those YouTube videos that, like, fr- freeze frames yeah. it and tells you, like, oh, this part is from this movie. Yeah. This poster in the background is referencing this movie and stuff like that. Like, it, it's it's very dense in that sense. Yeah, in a way, it's uh, almost like, a, like one of those Zabram, what, what are those guys called? Zazz movies. Zucker, Abram Zucker's sort of, like,
1: spoof. Things. yeah because in some of the or it almost in, in a way kind of remind me of mad magazine too the way some of the spoofs were just sort of like well, oh, it's not really that clever it's sort of like just a play on words sort of thing
0: yeah like bugs bunny doing this the scene from psycho yeah and he's he's just screaming for no reason and then he pours like the chocolate syrup <laughs> down the the drain which i thought was funny it's
1: it sort of the it, you know in a way sort of that family guy humor that sort of you know, pop gag, pop pop culture gag, pop culture gag, which I enjoy seeing. i like, oh yeah, I've seen Godfather, and I've seen Godfather too. I like seeing the, you know these movies referenced, but at the same time, it's like um, a lot of people have a lot of criticism for that style.
0: But at the same time, like this movie wasn't built around just having all these games like it did actually have a plot it had a plot (laughs) it did it had more it had much more of a plot and a storyline than space jam did and it actually it this one felt like a real movie yes (laughs) like you had you had joe dante a very established director directing it and then uh, dean cundy actually was doing the the cinematography and it's one of my favorite Cinematographers. This was actually Jerry Goldsmith's last movie that he really? he scored the music for before he died. Sadly, okay. Um. So the 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 soundtrack is fantastic. Like everything about it felt very big and like bigger and more cinematic than I thought it would. Yeah. I think I, I went in thinking it would feel like a cheap made for TV kids movie. Yeah, I thought so too. And it it wasn't that. It was actually a lot more like widescreen i guess and, and <laughs> weird you know. that i had not
1: heard of this movie i like i had
0: i had i didn't know this movie even existed well it bombed so yes. badly when it came it came out around the same time as the third lord of the rings movie uh, okay. which made so much money and was such a big a big hit yeah. that when that that came out like the week after this came out and just knocked it out of theaters like no one cared at that point, <laughs> right? like they just, they released it at the wrong time. I think something else, I think it was supposed to come out in summer of 2003. And then okay. something else came out finding Nemo, I think, oh, came out. Okay. which actually they, they make a joke about finding Nemo in this movie. Uh, and then because of that, it got moved to that uh, Christmas season. And then uh, Lord of the Rings just was like number one at the box right. office for so many weeks and just killed this movie. And it, it made no money. Uh, Which I think was also why it took so long to make a second Space Jam because it's like Warner Brothers was probably wary like, oh, we tried Looney Tunes back in action and no one saw it. (laughs) Right.
1: Uh,
0: But it's unfortunate because I do think this movie is is better than Space Jam. Like I said, it feels like uh, more of an actual movie, not without its flaws, mind you. Like I didn't love it's definitely not my favorite Joe Dante movie. I didn't love everything about it. I really, I didn't like the main girl for some reason. She just, I don't know. She just didn't do anything for me. Um, And I didn't find Steve Martin all that funny. I don't know. Like, he can be funny, but here he was just like too cartoony. And I just, I don't know. I wasn't into it. I thought Brendan Fraser was fine. I thought he was. I, I, <laughs> actually, do you do you like Brendan Fraser generally? Ah, I'm like iffy on him. I guess he's made so many bad movies. <laughs> I love the movies, Mummy movies, but, but I
1: kind of I like I, I, he, I like him, and, and then he, like he's weird. Now he's he does like guest star guest roles and like The Affair and stuff. It's weird. His career, his very weird career. It's like he almost had that. Yeah, he was in everything for a while.
0: He's a he's a likable guy, even though yes. he, like you said, he's made a lot of bad. He's almost like Nicolas Cage. As, like I was just Nicolas about Cage to say that. He's made a I was lot of terrible career choices. Made a lot of bad movies, but he's all he's a likable person. He, he's a little so, bit the Rock. Yeah, he's
1: a little bit. Um, he's a little bit. Um, he's he's a little the Rock, and he's a little Nicolas Cage. Um, and um. He kind of got out of shape, really. Like he went, he went from sort of this action star to this sort of like bloated sort of, uh, you know. Like he, he, uh, you know, I, guess I, I don't even know. Was he, was he like a leading man, good-looking guy, or was? Is a, true story? Um, I had a, I had an ex-girlfriend um, who was, like in love with. Like we actually went to what's the movie he did with Elizabeth Hurley or whatever her name,
0: Bewitched or. Oh, bedazzled! Yeah, like, we
1: went to see that.
0: In the I've never theater. seen it, but I it's know terrible. of it. But
1: she loved him. Like we would, like she would, like she, she was like she had this, like the world's biggest crush on, um, on uh, Brendan Fraser. And like I never thought he was like some like Tom Cruise good-looking guy. And I don't know if that was his even. If what he was what they tried to be in
0: i don't i mean i have i have my friend's wife like her biggest crush is jay baruchel okay so, so you <laughs> like, never know that <laughs> everyone's into something different yeah, that's like. true. <laughs> <laughs> um, i actually i'm a big
1: fan of school ties school ties is one of those movies i can go back and watch
0: is that a, a brandon fraser movie yeah the, he, the jewish,
1: he plays the jewish oh. he plays the jewish uh prep school kid that he hides his religion and Matt Damon plays oh. the quarterback, and he takes Matt Damon's job, and he takes Matt Damon's. Uh, like you know, he earns it. He doesn't take. It. He earns the starting position, and then Matt Damon's girlfriend falls in love with him. Then when Matt Damon finds out he's Jewish, Matt Damon turns the school against him. And, like, Beneflex in it, and Cole, what's his name, Cole Hauser, I think the actor's name is. He's, like, in a lot of those.
0: Really? I've, I've never heard of this movie. It's, when did this come out? Like, late 90s? Uh, early 90s. Early 90s. Um, Chris O'Donnell
1: is in it. Um, Beneflex, Anthony Rapp plays a, a bigot in it. Um. Oh. And the, the guy from, the guy from, uh, um, Dead Poets Society is in it, I think, um. Randall Battencough. Do you, I don't know if... Okay. Oh, this was the guy who didn't become the big star out of... This guy, he did like a couple... He, he did a couple... Um, he buffied the Vampire Slayer, the player, School Ties, all 93, and Higher Learning, and then he became like a TV guest star kind of thing.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I've never heard of him. He was he, he
1: was like sort of the one... That's interesting. He was, it, it, if you're watching School Ties, he's the one you would think that like more than Matt Damon... Or Chris O'Donnell, you'd be like, oh, this is the guy who's going to be the star, because he had sort of like the he was Matt Damon's roommate, and he was like, you know, he didn't want to turn, you know, he he was he wanted to stay loyal to Matt Damon, but then he's like, he didn't really want to support Matt Damon because Matt Damon was an anti-Semite, so um, so yeah. Anyway, so he was the one you kind of was like, yeah, this guy's going to be a big star, and he's actually the one guy who didn't go on to do other movies. Um,
0: oh I mean. weird yeah uh, but yeah i would i would say Brandon Fraser was like almost like not quite up to like that tom cruise like leading man level yeah. but like he kind of like scraped it <laughs> i guess between like the first mummy and uh this movie like around that time yeah like, between like 1998 99 and like 2005 uh, he was, like, trying to be the leading man, and then it kind of didn't work, and now it's almost like he doesn't know what to do, or or his agent doesn't know where to put him. Because, uh, like he said, he just he's just doing, like, weird uh, guest-starring, like, cameo roles. He was in, like, one of the new G.I. Joe movies. Right. He just sort of pops up out of nowhere. So... Yeah, Brandon Fraser has has had kind of a weird career.
1: He did, like, a lot, like those like weird action comedies. I don't know, like, George of the Jungle, which I've never seen. Inkheart, which I've never seen. I remember that was... Oh,
0: like... yeah. I didn't like Inkheart. Yeah, I, I think critics hated it, right? George of the Jungle I loved when I was a kid. It, th- that kind of has, like, the same energy as, like, a Space Jam or something. Like, uh, very, like, frantically paced very, like, self-referential as well. Uh, it's, like, the kind of movie where, like, the characters talk to the narrator and stuff like that. Like, they, they break the fourth wall a lot. But, yeah, I'm interested, like, uh, so this was your first time, then, watching this movie as yeah, well. Yeah, first time hearing of this. Like, it,
1: you know, Space Jam, at least, had sort of, like, I was familiar with it. I Like, without seeing Space Jam. Yeah, it's got a cult following. Yeah, and you could kind of also something. be like, okay, well, Michael Jordan helps the Looney Tunes beat some Monster guys or whatever. You know, it's pretty easy to guess what would have happened without even watching it. This movie was a complete like complete blank slate. I didn't know it existed, I didn't know who was in it, I didn't know what to expect, I didn't do any I didn't do any pre game sort of Wikipedia something like that beforehand. Um, so completely you hadn't seen it either right but you were more familiar with it or you had seen it when you're
0: yeah i had known about it like i'd okay. seen ads for it on tv yeah. and stuff back when it came out um yeah like i i've seen it on people's dvd shelves and stuff like i knew i knew it existed <laughs> right. i just never bothered to watch it because i i thought it was going to be lamer and dumber than it actually was I, yeah. it was actually a lot smarter it was pretty clever. Than i thought it was going to be it almost had like a little heist
1: movie thing going for it you know like kind of a
0: yeah it had like an adventure yeah. like indiana jones type of like there's a MacGuffin that they have to get uh and then that leads them on their little like adventure around the globe kind of thing they yep. go to paris and then they go to "Quote unquote Africa," which <laughs> right. is very clearly like a backlot, yes. <laughs> uh, very misrepresentative of what Africa actually looks like. Um, so yeah, that that part of it I didn't mind. Um, I really like the scene where they're at the Louvre and their uh, Elmer Fudd is chasing them, and they keep going into different uh, famous paintings. Yes, and then the Louvre like turn into the style of that painting. Uh, like stuff like that was really cool I think that's what
1: Joe Dante didn't like it, he he complained oh, was too really? many gags
0: like just
1: kind of like moving from oh. gag to gag at the like let's like I uh, almost like the, like let's think of a way let's think of something clever now how do we get to this point sort of thing was his in an interview his criticism with what the studio
0: I think uh kind of oh because that I- See that's the stuff that gave me the Gremlins Two kind of vibe. Right. That's that's kind of what Gremlins Two is right. like. And I actually like Gremlins Two more than the first Gremlins. Uh, yeah, because it's it's so anarchistic mm. and, and and wild and crazy yeah. and like and different. Uh, there's just... part where like the movie. Yeah, there's that part where the movie breaks down, and then Hulk Hogan shows mm-hmm. up, and he makes the projectionist restart yeah. the movie and stuff like that's. I, there's nothing like that in any right. other movie and this had had similar i mean nothing that that fourth wall breaking <laughs> but but like uh, a similar style it's, it's interesting to hear that like that's the stuff that Uh, joe dante was against Mm. some of the stuff like the scooby-doo the reference to the scooby-doo movie that came out in the early 2000s i was like okay well that's warner brothers because that's like their other property and that movie just came out like the previous year so matthew lillard uh like that was clearly like that was not a joe dante moment that was like warner brothers was like well we just had the scooby-doo movie so please put uh matthew lillard on this table over here like So stuff like that was kind of dumb, but yeah, other stuff like, uh, the Batmobile showing up, I was not expecting. And then Roger Corman was directing it, a Batman movie for some reason. Oh, That was clever. I like, um, I also, I really, I laughed a lot when they're in the desert and they see the Walmart Oasis. And it's very, I, I always laugh at like very obvious product placement, but it's like on purpose and they're just making fun of product placement. Like in Wayne's world, when they're like, let me open this bag. Of oh, yeah, I, 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 I like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, there's there's a scene like that where they're like, they're looking at the Walmart and they're like, it was so nice of Walmart to give us all those Walmart drinks and pay us so much for <laughs> yeah. saving Walmart so many times.
1: So. <laughs> and actually, now that I'm thinking, about that, I, I actually laughed a lot more here.
0: Yeah, compared to Space Jam, for sure. Space Jam, like. See, this movie, I probably wouldn't have laughed as much if I had seen it when I was like seven or eight years old. I don't know if I would have liked it as much. I laughed a lot more as an adult, but like Space Jam's the opposite. I think Space Jam, I would have laughed more as a kid. Uh, But now as an adult, I I just kind of like chuckled and smiled at a few parts, but but that's about it. Oh, yeah, another weird thing was like uh, I mentioned in the first... Not the first movie, but in Space Jam, Pepe Le Pew doesn't really do that much. Or like they kind of erase the like rapey parts about him. Uh, this movie just like addresses it head yes. on. Like there's a joke where uh, they're in France and Brendan Fraser runs into Pepe Le Pew and he's like, help me. There's a man who who captured a, a girl in a bag and he's taking her up to the Eiffel Tower. And he's like, well, welcome to France. <laughs> it's like oh my goodness like that's they're just diving right into that uh same thing with like they show um when they're at the restaurant and they show Speedy Gonzalez and uh Porky Pig I think are talking to each other about not being politically correct mm-hmm. uh I didn't know that that was already a thing in 2003 like I thought people more recently, were complaining about the the non political correctness of of some of the Looney Tunes characters, but mm. uh, so yeah. I was kind of surprised that, that to see kind them of address early it that I thought at too. this point. It's kind of it's interesting, you know. Yeah, I thought this was more of a twenty tens like post Twitter kind of thing, like post cancel culture. Yeah, uh, where people are are more open to talk about this this type of stuff and like and and how it. Uh, Especially because we have voices from more cultures now than ever before. Right. So people are more willing to talk about how this stuff has affected their culture. But uh, what's interesting with, uh, as opposed to like Pepe Le Pew, where they're just leaving him out of Mm -hmm. it, uh, Speedy Gonzalez, like they did cancel him for a bit. And then uh, the Mexican and Latino community complained about it because they actually love his character. Interesting. And then they brought him back. (laughs) Well, yeah, like you've you've lived... You never know.
1: You've lived in Mexico, right? Also?
0: No, I I only lived in Colombia and then I lived in Taiwan for a bit. I've only been to Mexico once and it was a layover to another flight.
1: I was going to say, like, if you look look at Colombian... Mexican, um, in Ecuador, those three I'm familiar with, like the comedies here, that sort of Speedy Gonzalez sort of humor is not offensive here. This is, that's very, you know, this is. Oh, yeah. Like the the, the, the
0: the humor. Yeah. The humor in Latin America is, is so not politically correct right. at all. <laughs> like I, did, I, I wouldn't worry about offending them with that stuff right. whatsoever. Now, obviously, the issue
1: is it's one thing when they when, when Mexico creates their own product, you know, whatever, they can be as expensive as they want. When some American corporation yeah. creates a Mexican character or even, you know, even in Space Jam, there's when there's a, 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 a kind of a bad scene where Michael Jordan strikes out. But like there's kind of show him that all his like uh, all his teammates admire him. There is a, a Latino player. Who talks to him in the Speedy Gonzalez voice? He's like, Hey, man, when I strike out, it's nothing like that, man. Like, and you could tell, like, that's not that guy's real voice. He's doing, like, the Cholo <laughs> voice. And, like, okay, I'm like, that's not, that's not gonna, that wouldn't happen today. Like, that, you know, you don't see that sort of um, thing. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. one thing, it, that's the thing with the Speedy Gonzalez. If, if, when Mexico creates their own characters like that, it's one thing. But when, you know when the American corporation creates that, but like you said, yeah, it's, hey, this, we like it this was guy. clearly
0: a character. We're not offended. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was pretty surprising that they they embraced this character. So. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. As long as he's as long as he's being embraced by the culture, right? Uh, who he's appropriating? Yes. I guess <laughs> I guess I'm the fine people with
1: offended are like, you know. 20-something-year-old college students in the United States are the ones who, you know, white college students are the ones offended by that, not the But at the same time, I understand, I understand it. You know, I understand what the whole thing is, when it's, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it is It is what it is. You know?
0: I also, I wrote a note saying that I was surprised, like, both movies had a plot point involving slavery and, like, kind of... uh kind of diminish the the like significance of slavery in yes. history in a sense like uh especially like it's not as big of a thing as looney tunes back in action uh, but steve martin does mention that he wants to enslave the human race by turning them into monkeys but it's so over the top it's like whatever but space jam like the entire movie is yes. about trying to enslave and they say the word slave yes, over and, and they over again chains. to ens- and they enslave have a- the Looney Tunes. And it stars a black yes. man. I was like,
1: and they have a- wow,
0: they- you could not get away with it. <laughs> they had
1: a montage of Michael. And it, like the, the animation style shifted. And it was sort of. Yeah. Like, he was like, his, he had leg chains on. He was like hammering rocks and stuff. I was like, okay, all right, that's
0: a little, you know, that was a little weird. Yeah, it's, I just thought it was weird that, like, this movie starring a, a, an African-American man is, like, so, addresses slavery so much, but not, none yes. of it is within a historical so context. Tundra. All of, so like, it's it's not, like, Roots or something. Right. <laughs> it's not tell, showing you how terrible slavery is, it's just, like. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's completely tone deaf. And it's also,
1: they like, didn't even need to use the word. Like, they could have just been like, hey, you're going to have to come work at our amusement park 24 7. Like, even there's a scene where he's like, yeah, you, you will, we're going to have to perform bad stand up or something, um, you know, and not get paid or something like that. I think they could have left it at that without actually having imagery of, you know, Bugs and Michael Jordan and Chains, you know. It was just. Somewhat tone deaf.
0: (laughs) I made a note of that because I thought it was kind of weird, and that was one of the parts I was like, "I don't think you would be able to get away with all of that." uh, Slavery talk today, unless it was like legitimate, like let's sit down and talk about actual slavery and how it affected the United States, right? uh, Exactly, profoundly negative way, (laughs) not just like, "Oh no, we're going to be turned into slaves. We need to play basketball to get out of it."
1: and like, let's up the ante um you can have you can have my su- my servitude if you win like it was really weird really tone deaf
0: but yeah i think overall looney tunes back in action i would say it, overall it does hold up pretty well yes. like i said i think there's there's definitely things about it uh i didn't love i didn't love the entire cast no. uh some of the cgi is extremely dated just like with with uh space jam yeah uh so not all of the special effects hold up super well uh, but like i said earlier this like space jam felt like a 90 minute music video slash commercial mm-hmm. and then looney tunes back in action felt like an actual 90 minute movie yes, yes. Uh, like an adventure movie type of thing just with looney tunes in it uh and I d- and they did a good job of incorporating the looney tunes into the real world in a believable way uh, not that they're like living underground or something. Right. Like, how long have they been down there? Are they, yeah. are they broadcasting from underground <laughs> into our TV set? It makes no sense. No, you're right. <laughs> but they did.
1: I like the idea much more that they're real people, or they're, they're they exist within our. They sign contracts.
0: Yeah, it's like a Roger Rabbit yes. type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, Toontown and like we just happen to have cartoons and humans yes. like coexisting. And it, makes, it just makes
1: more sense though right? <laughs> it's weird to say it that yeah. way but it just makes more sense within the rules of the universe
0: yeah if space jam like you said if it if it was like that like if it was uh like cartoons are just part of our world right. and we're just used to it and it's in an alternate world where there's still the nba there's still michael jordan but there's also looney tunes at the yeah, same time sitting in the audience watching the game yeah and, and maybe there's like a thing where like cartoons aren't allowed to play basketball because they have all these magical powers right, exactly. and they would win every game or something like you could do a lot more interesting world building right. with it but i think they weren't interested in that no, when they just they made wanted this movie. to get they, from was, point a to point b as Yeah, they wanted to touch,
1: they wanted to check the boxes. Michael Jordan quits basketball. Check. Michael Jordan is not a great baseball player. Check. You know, it's, (laughs)
0: um, and I, you know, I guess that, that, that stuff I thought was
1: actually kind of cool. The, where he sort of made fun of himself for his baseball sojourn.
0: Yeah, but again, it seems like something from a different movie mashed into a Looney Tunes movie. Like, it, it didn't mesh together as well as the, the plot of, uh, looney tunes back in action feels like it wouldn't have worked without the looney tunes uh, yes exactly. or like or it could have but it would have been a really lame boring movie like a very it would have just been a very generic forgettable spy like family spy movie Yes, uh, like exactly. the spy next door or something stupid like with that a dumb, with a dumb uh, kid like something. the looney tunes definitely like elevated the movie in a significant way so yeah again not perfect i didn't yeah, there were things I didn't love about it, but overall, I would say it was pretty good. I don't know what would your like final assessment? Of Fun. Back in action. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's a real movie.
1: You know, it's um, <laughs> I I, um, I I agree with you in some of the. I, I wasn't crazy. What's her name? Jenna Elfman is that the main character? Uh, yeah. I wasn't crazy about her. But she was fine. I mean, it, it was it was what uh, Brendan Fraser's likable. I just, yeah, he's an actor I like. It, you know, it, it, in another version of this movie, I might not like it as much if they have someone in that role who I don't like or something. Or, like, I don't know if I'd be like, like, to, to, you know, like to my colleagues or something, like, hey, have you seen this movie? Oh, you should. I, you know, I wouldn't say it's that level. Um, I'd have them watch School Ties if, if they want to watch a Brendan Fraser movie first. But, um, you know, or not be dazzled. That was terrible. But, um, you know, I, I, it was good though. It was a, it was a good find. It's just one of those things like, huh. You know, didn't know it existed. This is kind of a weird niche of like action animation that you know is and it's a it's a niche that we're never going to see again because we've moved beyond that style of animation existing with people.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah. This was actually the last. Uh, traditional animated movie that Warner Brothers ever right. made. Like, everything right. they did after this used CGI. Right. Uh, they actually, they, they brought their animation team out of retirement, apparently, right. to, just to work on this movie. Oh,
1: speaking of which, uh, did the voices bother you? It kind of bugged me a little, because I'm like, wow, something sounds off. And then I and then I was like, oh, okay, then I read on the internet that Mel, what's not name, Mel LeBlanc died, so... That's wh- Mel Mel Blanc. Yeah, yeah. so the like the, the the like okay like the way I my memory banks had stored Bugs Bunny and them it was just slightly different and it wasn't bad. Whoever who-
0: a li- a little bit yeah it it's a little bit weird that like uh Billy West uh who's, you know him as like a billion different voices. He's Fry from Futurama okay. uh, and a bunch of other stuff. He did the voice of Elmer Fudd and. Uh, bugs bunny in space jam oh, okay um, but then in looney tunes back in action they got a different guy to do bugs bunny but uh billy west is still doing elmer fudd in that in his scene so uh, the two movies did have different bugs bunnies but i didn't find it all that distracting like for me i think they matched up pretty well and I mean I watched them both back to back. Yeah, it threw
1: so. me off a slight bit but wasn't in a negative way.
0: It's not as bad as like the new Muppets I tried watching oh, yeah. on Disney Plus and the new Kermit the Frog's voice I fucking hate. Yeah, I <laughs> heard that completely. I got 5 minutes into it and I was like, I'm done. Especially like they uh, after reading that they just fired uh Steve Whitmire, I think is the guy who's been doing his voice since, since Jim Henson died. Uh, and is still alive still healthy capable of voicing kermit the frog and they just fired him for no reason and hired a new guy who sounds nothing like kermit the frog i mean i mean nothing no ill will to that guy more like to disney for doing that (laughs) like i'm sure that guy who's voicing kermit the frog whoever he is is doing the best job that he can but i am not a fan but with this like I think they did a pretty good job like they they captured the spirit of bugs Bunny well enough that even even after they replaced the replacement uh in back in action I, I didn't really find it distracting exactly I agree yeah I guess that's all I really I didn't have as much to say yeah. about these movies as like we did about Batman which is fine no
1: I, I exactly Batman there's a, l- a little bit more to kind of you
0: know compare it to yeah, there's more to unpack. Yeah, and there's
1: just more history between, you know, here is sort of like this is a microcosm of things that were, you know, I, I, OK, there's a new Space Jam coming up. I'm sure it's going to be completely different.
0: Yeah, actually, I, I should talk about that a little bit because I did after I finished watching these, I watched the the commercials that Space Jam was like. It's weird to say that it was based on a commercial. That it basically <laughs> was. Uh, so I went back and watched those on YouTube. And I watched the Space Jam, a new legacy trailer, uh, and it's it's really weird. It looks like Ready Player One. Uh, They have because it's not just the Looney Tunes. I think what's happening in it is there's all these different computer servers in the future or something, and they all have different uh, like characters on them and i'm kind of positing some of this from the little bit of information that they give you in the trailer but i think what happens is the looney tunes are so unpopular that they're just in a server that no one cares about right. but there, are but at the same time within this world there's also like they show uh the iron giant I don't, why do they keep bringing back the iron giant i hate that <laughs> <laughs> they show the iron giant they show king kong Uh, There's all these like a a lot of other characters that Warner Brothers just happens to own the rights to. Um, I hope they do a better job of doing justice to the Iron Giant because I hated what they did with him in Ready Player One. They just the whole point of if you watch the movie, The Iron Giant, the whole point of it is it's like an anti gun, anti nuclear warhead movie movie. He keeps saying I'm not a gun. Right. <laughs> That's like his catchphrase. And then in ready player one, they turn him into a gun and he just blows everything up. It's so stupid. Um, so when I saw him in the, in the, in this trailer for the new space jam, I was like, Oh no, I hope they don't, they don't do the same thing. Um, but yeah, and, and also the, the Looney Tunes start out as being like traditionally animated. And then later on in the trailer, they like step through some kind of a portal or something. And then they become like CGI versions of themselves. And I don't know how I feel about that. They don't look terrible. I think they did an OK job of like designing the 3D models of them. But I'm not a fan of like taking classic 2d animated characters and making them CGI. I just find it. It's like an uncanny Valley for me. Yeah. It just doesn't look right. I, I agree. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. We'll see when it comes out. I just wanted to bring that up. Cause I did, I did watch it just for research. I was like, well, it's, I don't watch a lot of trailers anymore. Cause I can't even go to the movies. <laughs> so I'm like, what's the point? Uh, but I'll, I'll check this out.
1: Somewhere in the dark underworld, there is a plan. A plan to rule mankind. Now, the world's most elite organization must step forward to search the globe for evil, scour the continents for danger, and what they discover will turn the world upside down. Plenty of my back in action.
0: A rabbit, yeah. a duck, a girl, a boy. Yeah. You, you, him, her. Um. I guess that being said, what are some of the the things that you've been watching or enjoying these days? If there's anything new since the last time we talked, I
1: watched most of the new show Elite. Which, um, okay. Here, here's my just a little. Okay, this is be the third season, right? It's a Netflix Spanish show. Um, I actually watched seasons, and it has like all the actors from Casa de Papel, Money Heist and stuff. So, you know, it's like, uh, I actually watched the first two seasons somewhat un- unironically. Even though then I realized afterwards, I'm like, wait, no, I'm one of the few people in the world watching this seriously. Everyone else is watching it as like this trashy guilty pleasure. But the third season go they got rid of my favorite characters, and the third season went they retconned a bunch of the characters that they kept and they went like like full oh. trash. They're like, Yeah, we're we are now just trashy TV. We're there there's no they got rid of, like, the, the, oh, the no. actors and actresses that left the show were basically, like, the strongest ones. So, without them, the, the cast suffers
0: badly. It's kind of like what happened with, uh, I, I was watching American Gods. Okay. And by season three of American Gods, the same thing happens. Like, half the cast is gone. They try to replace them with new people, and... I just I watched one episode of season three of American Gods and gave up (laughs) like I'm out at this point. There's kind of like a a mystery, like running through the whole series of like who the main character is. And then they reveal who he is at the begin at the first episode Uh of season three. So I was like, oh, well, there's no reason to keep watching (laughs) anymore. Like the good characters are are all gone or dead. And I know the answer to the mystery. So I'm out. (laughs) i i i did i I, have i did i talk to you about mayor mayor of easton yeah i still haven't gotten around to that i was really busy this last week um i like i do want to watch that eventually the one thing i did start watching that i um the only thing really that i start started watching that i haven't already been watching is uh the creep show series that's on shutter okay uh it's kind of hit or miss, but I like some of the stories. I, I just started season two, and I like season two more than season one. It feels like they got a bigger budget, oh, yeah. uh, and the stories are a little bit more fleshed out, I guess. But did you watch Twilight Zone? Uh, I've seen a few episodes of like the the classic. Oh, Twilight but the season. new one though. The the new I don't I mean, it was oh no was, it was, I, it was I terrible. I mean, just, I like, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I've heard like mixed things about it. it, So
1: it was such, it has, it has really good actors in it. It has the Jordan Peele who I really like. It was just really bad. So I was, I was afraid Creepshow would be sort of like that sort of like, um, too heavy handed.
0: Yeah. It's not perfect. I think. The weird thing about it is the the stories that I do like are the ones that mostly have like unknown actors or actors I've never heard mm-hmm. of. A lot of the ones where they bring back uh, character actors from the the 80s and 90s who I really like. Like Jeffrey Combs mm-hmm. is in one episode or uh, uh, Keith David is in an episode. But those are the ones I don't like very oh. much. Like, <laughs> Uh, I like that those people are in yeah. them, but the storylines that they put them in are like the worst ones in the series. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just nice though, to have that kind of TV, like tales from the Crypt, tales from the dark side kind of thing, uh, making a comeback. Cause it's, it hasn't really been a thing since like, uh, I think masters of horror, which was around 2005 was like the last big, like horror anthology type of okay. series. Uh, so it's cool that they're bringing something like that back it's not again it's not perfect but it's like any horror anthology type True. of thing where it's like uh, some of the stories are going to be better True. than others i think that happens with even the creep show movies like yeah. that like some of the the stories right. cat's are, eye are a lot more memorable a cat's really eye was. has like one really good one in the- uh yeah, I love Cat's Eye. <laughs> yeah,
1: Cat's Eye was the
0: Quitters ink is so good, and then the other one's like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I I like the one. I like the sequence where the guys walking around the building. Like, I, I just thought. Oh yeah, yeah, that's thing. okay. Yeah, the ledge or something. Yeah, with uh, what's the name? Rubber yeah, or something. <sighs> don't it's the guy from Airplane. Yes, <laughs> but uh, I don't. I don't remember his yeah, name. It's not Robert Stack, but yeah, the Robert Stack's the other actor in
1: um um yes. Okay, yeah, I actually I actually
0: forgot that was yeah, part of got, Cat's Eye. The the creep show series has that kind of vibe. Robert to it, Hayes. So. Robert Hayes, that. Oh yeah, Robert Hayes is like the, the guy on the ledge. Um yeah, other than that, I watched uh Luca, the new Pixar movie on, oh, okay. on Disney Plus. I thought it was good, but it's uh it wasn't quite up to like Pixar's like emotional masterpiece kind of it's not like a coco or uh a wally or an up or something like that it's kind of uh it's kind of just like a nice like sunday afternoon type of movie Mm -hmm. uh it, it takes place on like the italian coast and i think they did a really good job of like capturing the beauty of of italy and like an italian kind of coastal fishing town uh the characters in it are really good i I like the the three kids that are in it uh like they they have really likable lead characters in it i just thought like uh story wise the story felt kind of rushed and like they kind of squeeze all the emotional beats into like one 10 minute section (laughs) right before the third act uh, and then everything's resolved really, really quickly at the end, so it, it felt kind of rushed in a weird way. Uh, and it's it's reflects that because it's like the shortest Pixar movie in a very long time. It's I think it runs at like hundred and two minutes on Disney Plus, but that's including they have all those like subtitle credits after the regular credits. So there's like five minutes of subtitle credits and like six or seven minutes of like normal credits. So, like, the actual movie of Luca is maybe, like, 85 minutes or something like that. It's very short. Right. Uh, But, yeah, I enjoyed it. I would still recommend it. I liked Soul a lot more. But, yeah, I think that's about it. I'm still watching the Exorcist series. I mentioned that last time. I just started. uh, I'm on episode two of season two, which introduces, like, a new family uh, but it's still like the same priests from the first season. They're just now they're kind of like on the road, kind of going from town to town. It's a concept I wish they could have kept going for more seasons, but it was canceled. <laughs> <so> <laughs> right. That's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about okay. it. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that um, you've been kind of checking out? or? Oh,
1: yes. Whiplash. Okay, I, that was, I have, seen, between the last time we've talked, I loved the movie Whiplash.
0: With Elliot Page and, uh, what's her face? Drew Barry? No, this is like J.K. Simmons and different. Miles oh. Teller. Oh, yeah. Okay, what was the movie about, uh, like, uh, roller derby oh. that <laughs> I don't came out in the early 2000s? <laughs> I'm not familiar with it. I kind of want to watch it, though. <laughs>
1: I'll
0: look it up. Okay. Uh derby whip it ah it okay it. i'm not whip familiar it. with
1: that movie
0: which i actually I, I have not seen it yet like i know of it but i haven't gotten around to watching it uh but yeah whiplash is a fantastic it's movie. So good. That, it's- yeah shortly after it came out
1: i'm not a musical and in- musically inclined person but um just just the fact i just i, I loved everything about the movie i just i loved the performances i've always liked miles teller i even liked it was actually funny last last week um a friend and i were i we were in um in a small town and we we're um flipping channels on tv and um there's a, a 21 and over was on in spanish and that movie's terrible but um i like miles teller um and, I, like, he's someone, like, I'm glad, I was glad to see him in, like, a real movie and not, like, in a 21 and over sort of.
0: Yeah, fair enough. He has, he has like, a, a lot of, he has, like, an intensity to him, yes. I guess, that I appreciate.
1: He has, a, like, people say, like, the punchable face problem, I guess. I, I never really thought. Because he was also in Project X, that silly movie. Um,
0: and I really liked him in that. I haven't seen either of those movies, but I didn't know he was. Because I always get 21 and over and Project X mixed up. Like, right, yeah. In too. my <laughs> mind, I, I keep thinking of them as the same yes, movies. They are kind of the same. I, I didn't know Miles Teller was in both. Yes, he's absolutely in both, which is funny. But yeah, the, the director of that, uh, what's it, Damien Chazelle? Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Also, also directed La La Land and uh, First Man with with uh ryan gosling yeah he's a he's a really good director yeah he's a great director.
1: it it is funny i was actually i took a couple i took some clips from youtube um and um (laughs) showed some of my students the jk simmons and they're like wow he teaches like you do like
0: oh yeah oh jeez <laughs> i don't know if that's a comedy I, I was like not. and they're like yeah they're, you're, you're intense. that's not my beat yeah
1: like, i mean like okay i, I hope I you're have, not like slapping
0: your students i've in never the hit a
1: student but i have thrown <laughs> a chair before so i guess maybe that's where they get that from i've i've thrown a lot of things across the classroom so <laughs> I, I love that movie i'm so i was so glad i watched that movie i was so glad
0: yeah, I'm a lot more laid back in my teaching style. Yeah, I think. I'm a little... Um, uh,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I love that movie. But uh, yeah, that was a great one. That was that made me want to try and find other movies like
0: it. Like I was like trying to look up IMDb, like movies
1: like Whiplash, you know?
0: I don't know if I can find... Maybe maybe you watch Whip It. Yeah, maybe watch Whip It. Just <laughs> and to... see how... See, See if that's at all. It probably has nothing to do with whiplash and is nothing like it. It's just a similar like title. Rother and that's Rother, the movie Rother, enjoy it. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess uh, that's about it. I'll just announce for next okay. episode. Now that we're, we're at the end, uh, we're going to be looking at like with this one in the Batman ones, we're just going to do two movies. Uh, even though this is a much longer series. Uh, we'll be looking at the first two Jurassic Park mm-hmm. movies, the ones that Spielberg directed specifically, uh, Jurassic Park and The Lost World, Jurassic Park. And I know you have a kind of a weird history with the first one where you, you were more of a book I fan a book and book. I haven't read the book. I'm more of a movie
1: right. fan. <laughs> and I've only seen it once. I saw it in the theater. What is it? It was in a 1992 movie. 1993. 1993. It's almost 30 so years ago. I saw ago. it when I was like a freshman <laughs> in high school. In the theaters, and I haven't seen it since.
0: Wow! So it'll be fun to force you to watch yeah, that because I've I've seen Jurassic Park countless <laughs> times. I watch it like every year, and I've seen the second one not as much. Probably like three or four times. I know people
1: didn't like it as much. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as popular financially or
0: critically. No. Or... Yeah, but it it'll, it'll be fun to talk about some of the stuff that people did and didn't like because it does have its fans mm. uh, like uh, Chris Stuckman, for example, loves that movie. Really? I think he likes it more than the first Jurassic Park. Yeah, there's people that love uh same thing with there's a guy on on YouTube called Clayton Fiorini, like in most of his videos are about Jurassic Park and his favorite Jurassic Park movie is The Lost World. So it's kind of the same thing as like Space Jam, like it has its own weird cult following of uh, mostly like Kids who grew up in the '90s. For me, I actually kind of like Jurassic Park three slightly more than the second one, but uh, we'll we'll probably talk about that a little bit more in the episode, even though we're not going to uh, be specifically looking right. at Jurassic Park three, mostly because it's a diff it's a different director, it's different. Um, like Sam Neill comes back in that one, but that's it. Like everything right. else, it's a completely different director, right. an actor. John Williams isn't doing the music anymore. So I just wanted to focus on the first two because it's, like, same director. uh, John Williams did the music for both. They're both Steven Spielberg. uh, And it's the first... uh, The Lost World is, like, the only, like, true sequel that Spielberg ever made because he doesn't consider the Indiana Jones movies to be sequels. He considers them to be, like, episodes in kind of a serial. Right. Yeah, that'll be our next episode. But for now... I guess we will uh, we'll call it a show and I will see you next time. All right, I'll see
1: you next time. Bye. That's all folks.